0: And don't forget to check out our website, www.hishardline.com. We're happy to have you. Let's get started.
1: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, good evening, good afternoon, good morning, wherever you're located in the world. It is Sunday, August 21st, 2022, and I am Jason, your co-host with God and Jesus Christ as the host, and they are the boss. They are the ones running this show. They are at the wheel, and they are at the helm, and they are steering this ship through these crazy chaotic waters and through this storm that we call life. But like I always say, fear not. Like the Bible always says, at least 365 times, depending on the version of the Bible, fear not. Why? Because when you give up complete surrender to God and Jesus Christ of your life, they will steer you to a safe harbor. So welcome. Glad to have you here today. Welcome to His Line. We are joined to do another 1% with Him. And we're going to be reading out of the book of Mark, chapter 15. And so I hope everybody's having a great weekend so far. You know, some days when I get on the mic, especially if I work Saturday and Sunday, uh, you know, at my day job, um, you know, I often lose track of what day of the week it is, believe it or not, because I don't have a typical schedule like most people. So it's very easy for me to lose track of the days. So if you ever hear me sometimes slow down when I'm doing the day, you know, when I'm saying the date or um, if I sound confused, that's why. Um, Just to kind of give you a little insight, that's why, because, you know. Days kind of start blurring together um, where when you're in the wonderful world of trucking and you're working crazy hours. You don't have your typical 9 to 5, Monday through Friday banker's hours, if you will, right? Which is obviously not true banker's hours anymore because, you know, banks are open on Saturdays too. But still, you get what I'm saying. You don't have a traditional schedule like uh, there once used to be. In fact, I don't think anybody has a traditional schedule anymore these days. I mean, you got so many people that are trying to make ends meet you can't just make it on a, you know, nine to five, 40 hour a week, five day a week, Monday through Friday kind of job, you know, in order to make life work and to be able to put food on a table and to, you know, pay the bills and put a roof over your family's head. You know, there's a lot of families that have to have mom and dad both working, which has never really been a new thing with the last, you know, several you know decades since like the mid 1900 or, you know, about 1950s, 1960s, you know, is when they kind of started screwing with the financial system. And, uh, you know, started making it kind of where, you know, they started getting mom out of the stay at home role and getting her to work full time. And it just could, keeps getting exponentially worse from there. And now that we're at a point where both mom and dad are not only holding one full-time job, but both may be holding down to, you know, full, two full-time jobs or a full-time job and a part-time job. And they might be out donating plasma for an extra $450 a month. mean, times are getting hard for people. And, um, and so anyway, it's just, I forgot where I was going at with that. But I, I guess my whole point was, yeah, the schedule thing. You know, we don't have regular schedules anymore. So I guess I can't say that I'm the only one that gets a little confused with the day and, you know, feeling like days blur together where there's really no end or a starting point. And sometimes I feel like that's by design, you know, but, but got to remember, we've got air in our lungs, the breath of life from God. We're vertical. We have our good health. We got our family. We do have food to eat because, you know, we got to think about the basic essentials that we need to live. Food, water, shelter, clothes, right? As long as you got that, you're good. Is it going to be a grand life like you expect? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But listen, you got what you need. Count your blessings. I know I do. So anyway, welcome. I'm glad to have you all here today. It's one of the biggest reasons why we do 1% with him, because when I start my day reading the Bible, my day typically starts out really well. It may not be perfect, but it starts out well, and it goes without fail. It usually typically goes pretty good. Yeah, there's some things that may get frustrating in my day, but overall, my attitude about the day, I should say, goes pretty well. And that's why I do the 1% with him. And I haven't explained it in a while, but 1% of a 24-hour period is roughly about 15 minutes. And so I always tell people, if you can at least spend 15 minutes minimum with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and God by writing, reading at least a chapter a day in the Bible or at least you know a couple passages... And then spend the remaining of that time in prayer for 15 minutes. You do that daily. I'm going to tell you, your world will change for not just the better, but your world will change in ways that you never thought would. But again, that's the power of Jesus Christ when he is in your heart and he transforms you. And he's still transforming me even. And I think I've come and made leaps and bounds from two years ago. And my wife can attest to that. Our marriage has been better, way better. You know, I'm a better father. And yet I still realize and recognize that there's still a lot in me that needs to be fixed. And that's fine. We, we always are going to have something that's going to be needing improvement and fixing all the way up until death, to be quite honest with you, whenever that day comes and God calls us home. So, Glad to have you here. Let's get rocking and rolling with this, shall we? So, the book of Mark, chapter 15, I am reading out of the New American Bible Revised Edition, and then we'll talk a little bit about the summary of, uh, you know, out of the Bibleref.com. And so it starts, verse 1, where Jesus is before Pontius Pilate. As soon as morning came... The chief priest with the elders and the scribes, that is, the whole sanhedrin held a council. They bound Jesus, led him away, and handed him over to Pilate. Pilate questioned him, Are you the king of the Jews? He said to him in reply, You say so. The chief priest accused him of many things. Again, Pilate questioned him. Have you no answer? See how many things you... That things they accuse you of, Jesus gave him no further answer. So that Pilate was amazed. Now, on the occasion of the feast, he used he used to release them, one prisoner whom they requested, a man called Barba, uh, Barabbas. Barabbas was then in prison along with the rebels who had committed murder in a rebellion. The crowd came forward and began to ask him to do for them as he was accustomed. Pilate answered, do you want me to release to you the king of the Jews? For he knew that it was out of envy that the chief priest had handed him over. But the chief priest stirred up the crowd to have him release Barabbas for them instead. Pilate again said to them in reply, then what do you want me to do with the man you call the king of the Jews? And they shouted again crucify him. Pilate said to them, why, what evil has he done? They only shouted the louder, crucify him. So Pilate, wishing to satisfy the crowd, released Barabbas to them, and after he had Jesus scourged, handed him over to be crucified. Now the soldiers led him away inside the palace, that is the praetorium, and assembled the whole cohort. They clothed him in a purple and weaving a crown of thorns, placed it on him. They began to salute him with hail king of the Jews and kept striking his head with a reed and spitting upon him. And they knelt before him in homage. And when they had mocked him, they stripped him of the purple cloak, dressed him in his own clothes and led him out to crucify him. They pressed into service a passerby, Simon, uh, Cyrenian, who was coming in from the country and the father of Alexander and Rufus to carry his cross. They brought him to the place of Galgatho, which is translated place of the skull, and they gave him wine, drugged with myrrh, but he did not take it. Then they crucified him and divided his garments by casting lots for them to see what each should take. It was nine o'clock in the morning when they crucified him. The inscription of the charge against him read, King of the Jews. With him they crucified two revolutionaries, one on his right and one on his left. Those passing by reviled him, shaking their heads and saying, Aha, you who would destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days, save yourself by coming down from the cross. And likewise, the chief priest with the scribes mocked him among themselves and said, He saved others. He cannot save himself. Let the Messiah, the King of Israel, come down now from that cross, that we may see and believe. And those who were crucified with him also kept abusing him. Now at noon, darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. And at three o'clock, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Aloy, Aloy, alema sabachthini," which is translated, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Some of the bystanders who heard it looked, He is calling Elijah. One of them ran, soaked a sponge with wine, put it on a reed and gave it to him to drink, saying, wait, let us see if Elijah comes to take him down. Jesus gave a loud cry and breathed his last. The veil of the sanctuary was torn in two from top to bottom. When the centurion who stood facing him saw how he breathed his last, he said, truly, this man was the son of God. There were also women looking on from a distance. Among them were Mary Magdalene, Mary, the mother of the younger James and of uh, Joseph, and Salome. These women had followed him when he was in Galilee and ministered to him. And there were also many other women who had come up with him to Jerusalem. When it was already evening, since it was the day of preparation, the day before the Sabbath, Joseph of Arimathea A distinguished member of the council, who was himself awaiting the kingdom of God, came and courageously went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Pilate was amazed that he was already dead. He summoned the centurion and asked him if Jesus had already died. And when he learned of it from the centurion, he gave the body to Joseph. Having bought a linen cloth, he took him down, wrapped him in the linen cloth, and laid him in a tomb that had been honed out of the rock. Then he rolled a stone against the entrance to the tomb. Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Joseph, watched watched where he was laid. Now, as we read the, uh, as we go over the summary here for Mark chapter 15, What exactly does chapter 15 mean here in the book of Mark? So what they have here says after three years of public ministry and a week of successful debates with the Jewish civil and religious leadership, Jesus has allowed himself to be captured. And the Jewish council is triumphant. And soon they will see Jesus dead and the disciples are in hiding convinced their plans to reign in Jesus's kingdom are shattered and their lives are in danger and Jesus is resolved and this is what he came to earth to do. Now the Sanhedrin is the Jewish council that presides over Jewish law and minor civil offenses. They have held Jesus's trial for most of the night and find him guilty of blasphemy against God according to the Mosaic law, but they do not have authority to execute anyone Now, they need to convince Pilate that he has committed a capital offense against the Roman law. They settle on twisting Jesus' claim that he is the Jewish Messiah, saying Jesus claims he is the king over the Jews to to the exclusion of Caesar. Now, considering the long tradition of Jews rebelling against the Romans, it's a good idea. Now, the only problem is that Pilate doesn't believe them. Now, Pilate is is, is not afraid that a teacher from nazareth in galilee is going to incite a rebellion against the romans and so he sends jesus to herod antipas the tet- tetrarch over galilee who happened to be in town for the passover now at the beginning of jesus's ministry antipas had killed john the baptist and the self-styled king is anxious to talk to talk to this jesus whom he heard so much about, and so when Jesus refuses to make a defense, Antipas agrees with Pilate that he is not a threat. So Pilate knows the real issue at the Jewish is the Jewish leaders' um, jealousy of Jesus's following, but the Sanhedrin has sway over the thousands of Jews who have come to Jerusalem for the Passover and can easily incite them to riot. Now, if Pilate loses control, Caesar could fire him and exile him to the edges of the Roman Empire. Still, even Pilate's wife warns him against killing an innocent man. So Pilate tries to mitigate the situation. And first, he horribly beats Jesus in hopes that the Sahindran will be satisfied. And then he makes the Sahindran choose who will be released, and Jesus or the the murderer Barabbas. Now, the Sahindran do what they claim Jesus will do. They incite a crown to do their will, and the crown chooses Barabbas to be released. Fearing a riot, Pilate refuses legal responsibility and hands Jesus over to be crucified. Now the Jews take responsibility for Jesus' death and declare the allegiance to Caesar alone. Now the rest of the story is straightforward. So the Roman soldiers march Jesus through Jerusalem, although he is apparently so weak that he can't even carry the cross. Now, once they arrive in Golgotha, the soldiers crucify Jesus between two robbers. Now, the soldiers and robbers join the chief priest, and the scribes, and the mob in mocking Jesus. Now, Jesus refuses to the mild sedative that they offer him, and the guards divide his clothes among them by casting lots. Now, Jesus' death is filled with drama and symbolism. Now, from noon to three in the afternoon, the sky goes dark, and he cries out, citing Psalm 22's lament as God abandons him to the sins of the world. And as he dies, the temple veil tears from top to bottom, and symbolically declaring that Jesus had already destroyed the barrier, sin erects between us and God. And so the women who have supported his ministry and remain faithful look on from a distance, and the Roman centurion finally realizes Jesus was no ordinary man. A well, little sidebar, I tell you, I'd really hate to be that. I'd really hate to be one of those guards, especially him, you know. I tell you, almost done here. Now, Jesus' closest disciples are in hiding, but other followers rush to bury his body before the Sabbath begins, while Mary Magdalene and another Mary watch Joseph of Arimathea, a member of the Sahindran and Nicodemus, hastily wrapped Jesus' body in cloth and herbs and place him in the new tomb. Now the next day, the chief priests and Pharisees remember that Jesus had claimed he will rise again, and they asked Pilate to seal the tomb and send soldiers to guard it, lest the disciples steal his body and claim he has resurrected. And so in the interim, the women prepare burial spices and the disciples hide. And Jesus welcomes the one repentant thief in paradise. And so that is the overall summary of the book of Mark, chapter 15. I tell you, it is really interesting to read the differences in perspective from the book of Mark to the book of John. And how, you know, the two are differing. Um, It really is. But, um, yeah, this is just kind of one of those things that's, you know, which and what I kind of found a little interesting, I don't know why, my mind keeps veering towards this, so I guess I'm just going to speak on it briefly. You know, I was saying how both robbers join in with the rest of the guards and mock Jesus, right? Save yourself if, if you're the Messiah, right? I don't, now forgive me, and I've read the book of John a few times, I don't remember... Reading that, um, both soldiers, at least in that gospel, that both soldiers I know one did, but I didn't real I didn't read in uh, the gospel of John that both soldiers, uh, excuse me, both robbers, there we go, robbers, um, were mocking Jesus. Now I knew the one robber was asking for repentance and asked to be, you know, with Jesus in, in paradise and that, you know, he'd be forgiven basically. And, um, And so, um, yeah, I just, I kind of, don't know why, but my mind just instantly, you know, my mind just instantly kind of pointed that, you know, wanted to point that out. I don't know why, but anyway, but that is the reading of Mark chapter 15 verses one through 47. And so with that, I am going to see you on the other side. We're going to do a, um, we're going to do another EDU spot. We're going to continue on with the field training manual 2000-25, which was published and released in 1928. And if I recall correctly, it was ordered by FDR to be destroyed in 1934. Because again, for those of you, for those of you that are unfamiliar, um, it is a, uh, it was something that was uh, ordered by FDR to be destroyed that, um, turns a nation from a democracy back to a republic so anyway i hope you all have a great day great morning great afternoon wherever you're at in the world and we are going to do a quick prayer in fact we're going to do a uh a, a pre-recorded prayer because i really like this it's called the warrior's prayer father
2: heavenly father Your warrior prepares for battle. Today I claim victory over Satan by putting on the whole armor of God. I put on the girdle of truth. May I stand firm in the truth of your word so I will not be a victim of Satan's lies. I put on the breastplate of righteousness. May it guard my heart from evil so I will remain pure and holy, protected under the blood of Jesus Christ. I put on the shoes of peace. May I stand firm in good news of the gospel so your peace will shine through me and be a light to all I encounter. I take the shield of faith. May I be ready for Satan's fiery darts of doubt, denial, deceit, so I will not be vulnerable to the spiritual defeat. I put on the helmet of salvation. May I keep my mind focused on you, so Satan will not have a stronghold on my thoughts. I take the sword of spirit. May the two-edged sword of your word be ready in my hands, so I can expose the tempting words of Satan. By faith, your warrior has put on the whole armor of God. I am prepared to live this day in spiritual victory. Amen.
1: Amen. Indeed, I love that prayer. It's one of my favorite prayers. I just felt that it was necessary that we play that one. Um, I'm gonna. I like. I like playing that prayer because it is something that we do need to hear more of. We we just we always need to have the warrior spirit. We need to take up the armor of God and strengthen it. And sharpen the sword of steel as well, but most importantly, the sword of the spirit. And so, I really hope that all of you out there have an abundance of health. I hope you have a great weekend. And um, may God lift your anxieties and your burdens off your shoulders. So with that... I bid you all adieu. I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful rest of your weekend. And, um, yeah, we'll be back here. uh, Well, let's see here. Yeah, we'll be back here in just a little bit to do another EDU spot. And uh, we'll be back again tomorrow. We'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.
0: www.hishardline.com for all the latest updates.